I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand, it's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up! And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that examines the ins and outs of everyday history. I'm Gabe Luzier, and in this episode, we're looking at a critical moment in the development of modern American mass culture, the rise of the fashion magazine. The day was December 17th, 1892. Vogue magazine, a journal of high society and fashion, released its inaugural issue. Founded as a weekly publication, the lifestyle magazine focused on what it described as, quote, the ceremonial side of life. This included social etiquette, trends, and traditions, as well as reviews of books, music, and live theater. Unlike today, the magazine was explicitly targeted to both men and women, and men's columns were a common feature in early issues. Vogue also reported on the lives of wealthy New York socialites, a subject of growing interest to everyone during what Mark Twain referred to as the Gilded Age. That period in the late 19th century marked America's transition from a largely agrarian society into one centered on industry. This revolution brought exceeding wealth to a handful of business magnates and robber barons. Those high-profile families had capitalized on the era's breakthroughs in transportation and communication, and those same advances 
then allowed them to show off their wealth like no one had before. In New York, the ruling class built lavish estates in Manhattan and hosted extravagant dinner parties, some of which were even conducted on horseback for maximum poshness. As you might expect, their glamorous social lives were a constant source of gossip, not just amongst themselves, but also among those in the middle class who aspired to live just as excessively. Luckily for them, the modern world came with plenty of new ways to take a glimpse at how the other half lived, one of which was the mass market magazine. America's growing obsession with the lives of the well-to-do caught the attention of a businessman named Arthur Baldwin Turnier, and he looked to the budding magazine industry as the perfect way to give the public its fix. Turnier saw, as he put it, endless opportunities for running comment and occasional rebuke of New York high society. To that end, he founded Vogue, an entire magazine devoted to the socialite lifestyle. In fact, its early issues kept close tabs on the lives of a group of well-known members of the upper crust called the 400. The nickname was a reference to the 400-person capacity of the Astor family's ballroom, a popular gathering place for the city's elite. The first issue of Vogue hit newsstands and subscriber mailboxes on December 17, 1892. Its cover featured a black-and-white drawing of a debutante emerging from what appears to be a cloud of butterflies and roses. Although Vogue covers are now famous for their striking color photography, drawings were used exclusively for the first few decades of the magazine's existence. It wasn't until 1932 that the magazine used a color photo on its cover. The interior pages of the debut issue featured plenty of other detailed illustrations. One page even includes the first appearance of the Vogue Girl, a kind of mascot figure created by the magazine's first art director. The character's style changed with the times, so in her first appearance, she's wearing a corseted dress with a wide hoop skirt and a big gaudy hat. Those fashion choices may have been popular at the time, but the magazine's first editor, Josephine Redding, didn't see what all the fuss was about. In an editorial, she took aim at the trend of puffy shoulders, wide hips, and tall hats, writing, quote, What plausible reason can possibly be assigned for a 19th century woman pretending, at intervals, to the possession of a big head, enlarged small of the back, abnormal growth of hip, exaggerated breadth of shoulder. The hump defies classification. Each variety is unique and owns no kinship to its predecessors. I guess that was one of the occasional rebukes that Vogue's founder had talked about. Speaking of Turnier, he passed away in 1906, and soon after, his magazine was acquired by Condé Montrose Nast, the founder of Condé Nast Publications. Under its new leadership, Vogue became a bi-weekly, and its focus shifted almost entirely to women's beauty and fashion. These changes expanded the magazine's readership and helped establish its role as a fashion authority and trendsetter. More changes came during the First World War, 
when it became impossible to ship the magazine to Europe. This led to Vogue being printed overseas in England for the first time. European readership grew from there, eventually prompting the launch of international editions focused on the fashion trends of different countries. The first of these ventures was French Vogue, which debuted in 1920. In the decades since, more than 20 other international titles have been launched, including everything from Vogue Japan to Vogue Saudi Arabia. Styles have certainly changed since 1892, and some have even circled back around to prominence. But through it all, Vogue has remained popular and relevant to fashion fans around the globe. And that's a trend that's likely to continue for as long as people have an interest in looking good. Or at least in reading about the lives of good-looking people. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. You can learn even more about history by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. You can also write to us at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. 
Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.